a blessed feast of Pentecost to you all. Nine years ago on this feast, I happened to be in the Holy Land. So I was able to, to really see kind of the time period of, of the, this Jewish festival of Pentecost. The feast really, first of all, meant the coming in of the wheat harvest. So when I was there, I would see the big combines going up and down the fields like we see around here. And I also saw men out there with, with sickles by hand harvesting the wheat from the, those that were wealthy to the, to the poor. Back at Jesus' time, of course, everyone was out there with a sickle bringing in the wheat harvest, bringing in the barley harvest. This feast of Pentecost was, was given to the Jews that they might bring their first fruits, the first of the grain, and offer it to God, offer it to the Lord. So they would come three times a year, uh, once on this feast, to bring their, their grain offerings and thanksgiving for what God has done for them. It was, on, it was then on this feast, the Jewish feast of Pentecost, literally means 50 days after the Passover, 50 days after Easter. It was on this day then as the early disciples, the apostles with the Blessed Mother, were gathered together. They first heard this great breeze, this wind, and then the Holy Spirit came upon them in tongues of fire. Little pillars of fire, tongues of fire, coming upon them. Visually, they were able to see this. For a good Jew, it immediately calls to mind the pillar of fire that came to them on the mount when the Ten Commandments were given. This feast also commemorates the giving of the Ten Commandments for the Jews. God's presence coming down upon the mountain and he speaks to Moses. The people of Israel had already seen the pillar of fire previously because it was the pillar of fire, God's presence, hidden within that pillar of fire, who brought them out of, out of Egypt. It was the pillar of fire, God himself, who kept the Egyptians from taking over the Israelites as they stood at the Red Sea. So when these little tongues of fire, these pillars of fire come down upon the apostles, upon the disciples, upon Mary. They're filled with God's life in a way they had never been before. Jesus had died, he had risen from the dead, he had ascended into heaven, and they still did not go out and proclaim Jesus. But when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they were, they became so bold that they went out and they preached Jesus. They began to talk about this, this human being who is God came to open heaven. Within a couple of days, some of them were arrested. They were beat up, whipped. And then they go out and they rejoice that they had been found worthy to suffer for Jesus. Our confirmation flows from this feast, flows from the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. First, in our baptism, we're given the Holy Spirit, God's life within us. And then again, when we're confirmed, God's Spirit, we're sealed with God's Spirit. The words the bishop says are, be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit, meaning, you now are filled with the life necessary to live out your Christian faith.
were filled with the same boldness, the same spirit that the first apostles were. They were no longer afraid of going out and professing Jesus with their families, talking about what Jesus did with family members, with relatives, and the whole public. You and I, though, I, I think we forget, or maybe we were never even really told, or we weren't really listening at the time of our confirmation about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that we are given a special gift to live our faith in the workplace, at home, in our family, in the grocery store, at Walmart, at the mall. Wherever we go, we are given the grace to live out our, our Catholic faith. But we... We so often, I don't like to use the term, but I think it's true. We, you and I are so often cowards that we're afraid, we're embarrassed to be Catholic. If we're emboldened enough, you know, when we're at a restaurant to pray before we eat, you know, we kind of look around, is anybody looking at me? <laughs> But in our confirmation, and as well as in our baptism, we're given the grace to not be afraid of being Christian. To not be afraid of having God's life within us. At the end of Mass, there are four phrases that can be said by the priest or the deacon. Each of them includes in it the word, Go. The Latin phrase is ite misa est. It literally means go out. All of you, go. The message is being sent. Is the literal translation of the Latin. But in English we hear it in these phrases. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Go in peace. How are we able to go in peace? It's because of what we experienced here. What we experienced in the, the liturgy of the Word. What we have experienced in the Holy Eucharist. But so often, we show up at Mass physically, but our hearts are still out there in the field. Our hearts are still chasing the cows home. Our hearts are thinking about what's happening at work. Our hearts are about some family squabble. Our hearts are out there. Our minds are out there. We come to church. Our bodies are here. But our minds are far away. And then, because our minds are far away all during Mass, at the end of Mass, when we hear, Go forth, the Mass is ended. We're glad Mass is over. <laughs> and we're glad Father preached a short homily. <laughs> but when we come to Mass with our hearts, with our minds, we want Mass to continue. When I was in Williston, I, I had this server train for these, for these young um, kids, some boys, some girls. And then the... the, the Mass came for this one particular boy to, to serve. And at the end of Mass, 
I asked him, it was the first time he had service, I said, how, how was it? And he said, it was way too short. I wish it was like four hours long. That's actually the case in many of the Eastern rites. Mass is four hours long. When you think about it, right now, you know, in Iraq, across the Middle East, in China, when people are being persecuted for their faith, when they get together, they're so excited to come into God's presence because they need His help. And they don't want to go home. They don't want to go back out into the world. They want to stay close to Jesus. And yet, we're commanded to go out into the world. Go. Because we don't want the peace that we experience here in the church to stay here. We want to go out into the streets of Kildare. We want to go into the rooms of our houses. We want, we want God's peace. Not just for ourselves, but for others. Another phrase is, Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. We're called to glorify God. The first main hymn of the Mass it's not the opening song. The opening song is actually something that's very recent within the church. Previously there was a chant during that time. It's still actually the first option that, that, we, that we ought to have, but many times um, we just have an opening song because it's more familiar to us. But the first main hymn of the Mass is the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. The words of the angels to the shepherds on Christmas Day. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, speaking to God. But this is what happens, myself included here. So often we sing that song and our hearts are not here. So we're verbally giving glory to God, but our hearts are still outside, our hearts are still at home. But when we bring our hearts and give glory to God, He fills us with peace. He fills us with His life. And then as we go home, go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. We don't just glorify God here, but we begin to glorify God in our houses, in our homes, on our farms, on our ranches. When we're chasing the cows, when we're grocery shopping, that we're so aware of God's presence that we're no longer embarrassed to be Christian. Because we know the reverse, not being aware of God's presence, is a little bit of hell. What is hell? The absence of God, the absence of life, The fourth phrase that we're commanded at the end of Mass, that's an option, is go and announce the gospel of the Lord. It's the most similar to the, 
the, the Latin phrase, ite misa est. The, the phrase, ite misa est, originates from the Roman Senate. Whenever the senators would get together, they would, they would have a meeting about something, they would make a final decision, and then someone would say, ite misa est, meaning it's sent now, the message is sent out. The good news of what's happening here in the Roman Empire is sent out. Go bring it to your homes, to your cities. In the Roman Rite, it's not in the Eastern Rites, but in the Roman Rite, we, we include it in our liturgy. Because what, what better news is there than the news that Jesus turned back alive? A human being conquered death. And he wants you and I to be a part of that. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. At this Mass, let's show up with our hearts too. Whatever's going on in our minds, let's bring that to Jesus. The thing that happened this last week that we're a bit disappointed about, let's bring it to Jesus. That common event that we're excited about, let's bring it to Jesus. Let's bring summer vacations to Jesus. Let's bring our hearts to Jesus.